What up? Live on a Thursday. It's your host, Addison. We are back. Yes, sir. We are back once again with another episode of From the Jump. I know we've been gone for the past couple of days. We've been having some technical difficulties, but we are back up and running. Everything is going good. But stop what you're doing right now. Go follow your boy on Twitter as we speak at From the Jump. Breaking news right now. Carmelo Anthony is headed to the ATL. Yes. Carmelo Anthony is headed to the ATL. The Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to trade Carmelo Anthony and a protected 2022 first-round pick to the Atlanta Hawks for point guard Dennis Schroeder and Mike Muscala. Now, as reported, Carmelo Anthony will, of course, be waived by the Atlanta Hawks, which will make him a free agent. And the Houston Rockets are the frontrunners to sign Carmelo Anthony. Should Carmelo Anthony consider staying in Atlanta? I know, I mean, I know they're going to try to figure out a, a, a wave and a, try to figure out a buyout for this contract, but... They're saying that Carmelo Anthony is set to receive that entire $27.9 million on the buyout from the Thunder. That's ridiculous. Now, for Carmelo Anthony, the best option right now is Houston. Houston has the best option for you going to play with Chris Paul and James Harden. Even though we know that necessarily won't bring you a championship, that's the best place for you to go win a championship. You know what this situation reminds me of? It reminds me of the Portland Trailblazers when they were traded Rasheed Wallace to the Atlanta Hawks. Remember for Sharif Abdul-Rahim? Theo Ratliff and Dan Dickow. Now, Rasheed Wallace only played for the Hawks for one game. Y'all remember that game he played? It was against the Nets, in which he scored 20 points. He grabbed six rebounds and had five blocks. So I'm just saying, you know, we've had notable guys play for the Hawks. And this will be another one, Carmelo Anthony, who will be traded to the Hawks and then ultimately be waived. DeMarcus Cousins today also had his introductory press conference. Check out some sound clips about what he had to say about his joining his new team. Just to put this out there, my favorite by far is Clay. <laughs> Our short time together, you know, in the summers, I really enjoy my time with Clay, but they're all great guys. Me and Draymond click right away. We're, we're two goofballs that, you know, like to joke around a lot, so we click right away. Same thing with KD, same thing with Steph. Everybody knows he's a goofball. And of course, by everybody coming out saying that DeMarcus Cousins signing wasn't really a big deal, I think are losing their minds here. I just think they see a guy who's injured, so as a result, they don't see immediate impact. But DeMarcus Cousins, a guy who averaged 25 and 12 last year, only playing in 48 games, if he can get 100% healthy with this Golden State team at some point, there's, I mean, they're saying January, but let's just say All-Star break, if he can come back at the All-Star break and really make a push for the, for the playoffs and that finals run, this is going to be a scary team. This team only just got way much more better with DeMarcus Cousins. They added Jonas Jurepko. Champs are just getting better every time. Another player who also was injured, Michael Porter Jr., also had successful back surgery today. Michael Porter Jr., being the 14th pick of the draft for the Denver Nuggets, had been having ongoing issues with the back. However, by them choosing to have this surgery, I think this was the plan all along, was to draft Michael Porter Jr. to get his back right 100% healthy. So even if that means this season he probably won't be playing and or if he won't play probably until next year, and so be it. But I think that's what the Nuggets knew coming into this situation all along. He didn't play in the summer league. And I think, like I said, now that him having his surgery and him being able to rest, you get him fully healthy. And if whether or not that's next year and or next season, you get Michael Porter Jr. ready to go. But now I think the trade of the week, the entire week that everybody has been talking about is DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard. And I've been saving my opinion for this specific topic all week long. I've just been wanting to talk about it, chomping at the bits to get into it. Now, as y'all know, Kawhi Leonard has been traded to the Toronto Raptors for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a 2019 first-round draft pick. In return, the Toronto Raptors got Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. Now, this is just another move in the Toronto Raptors' long list of, long list of off-season 
changes. I want to get into Masai Yuri here before I talk about DeRozan and then I get into the Spurs and how it affects everybody. But I want to talk about Masai Yuri here and tell you Masai Yuri's being aggressive right now. He saw exactly what Sam Presti is doing. He's seeing exactly what Bob Myers is doing. He's seeing exactly what Danny Ainge is doing. He's saying, look, Daryl Morey, all of them. At the end of the day, it's either you competing for championships or you're not. There's no in-between. You going to the Eastern Conference semis and losing to getting swept by LeBron is unacceptable when you were the number one seed last year. That's ultimately what Masai Yuri is saying after the moves he made, after firing Dwayne Casey and promoting Nick Nurse from assistant to head coach, by ultimately trading DeRozan here, taking a risk, going to get Kawhi Leonard, is the same thing. But Masai Yuri understands you got to have one of these top five players in order to be in the race. But now by you upgrading from DeRozan to Kawhi Leonard, that easily makes the Raptors the best team in the East as we speak. And if I'm Kawhi Leonard, I actually just got blessed, if you ask me. See, San Antonio, and see what I ultimately believe about Kawhi Leonard all along is, I don't think he's going to sign up and play for the Lakers. I don't. I think he said the Lakers so that way he could get traded out of San Antonio, the same way Paul George did. Almost kind of like the same way Kyrie did, enforcing their hand so much so that the team has no other option but to trade them. And I think that's what Kawhi Leonard did here. Because if you mean to tell me he's so ready to go play with LeBron right now and he wants to go sign with the Lakers, why didn't he really pressure the Spurs to that trade to the Lakers? And if the Lakers really wanted Kawhi Leonard, why did they go out and get him? Because now I don't think it's just a shoe-in next season that you get Kawhi Leonard, for that matter, or any free agent of that matter. Again, I, I said from the beginning when you got LeBron James, time was ticking. And he saw that the Raptors just traded for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is now in the East. We'll let the Raptors go to the finals next year. You think he's going to the Lakers? Absolutely not. You think they go to the Eastern Conference Finals? He's not going to run it back next season? Like right now, Kawhi Leonard is easily the best player in the East. Like who would you say right now is messing with Kawhi Leonard? And don't give me Giannis because we've seen Giannis this year. We've seen Giannis this year. And he's still got some years to go. Outside of, for me, Kyrie Irving. That's it. Other than that, Kawhi Leonard right now is the best player in the East. And if I'm Kawhi, I ain't going nowhere. Oops. <laughs> I just found gold here in Toronto. But now, ultimately, how this affects San Antonio on the flip side is, I don't think they their win pendulum swings with adding DeRozan. I think this is going to be good for DeRozan because now being able to be with a winning culture, being able to be with a coach that has won multiple titles in Greg Popovich, DeRozan will ultimately be able to be shown how to play the game the right way and ultimately how to be a winner and being on a winning franchise. Not to say that Toronto Raptors weren't a winning franchise, but going from a team who was trying to get to winning status to going to a team who's already had winning status from years of David Robinson and Tim Duncan. And Kawhi Leonard most recently bringing the championship. So for DeMar DeRozan coming into this situation, all he got to do is plug himself in. LaMarcus Aldridge is already there. Deontay Murray at the point guard. You already got LaMarcus Aldridge and Pau Gasol. This team, like I said, San Antonio, it doesn't. the pendulum doesn't swing for me for San Antonio. It doesn't go up or it doesn't go down. I still think the Lakers are better. I still think the Warriors are better right now. I still think the Rockets are better. And I still think Oklahoma City is better. But outside of those teams, I think... The San Antonio Spurs are right there. This team, like I said, San Antonio, it doesn't. the pendulum doesn't swing for me for San Antonio. It doesn't go up or it doesn't go down. I still think the Lakers are better. I still think the Warriors are better right now. I still think the Rockets are better. And I still think Oklahoma City is better. But 
outside of those teams, I think the San Antonio Spurs are right there. But now I want to get into something because everybody talks about loyalty in the NBA and everybody talks about you got to ride with this team and this team. There's no loyalty in the NBA, y'all. And DeMar DeRozan taking to Instagram that night when he got traded by saying, hey, ain't no, ain't no love in this, ain't no loyalty. They say yeah for a quick little bit of nothing. And he's absolutely right. This is why LeBron James is doing what he's doing. This is why Kevin Durant is doing what he's doing. This is why you have other guys starting to follow suit of the top two because they realize this is a business here. Once I am no longer of value and the team doesn't need me anymore, they will trade me in a heartbeat. And we've seen a situation like Isaiah Thomas who went from being a max player to having to sign a one-year deal in Denver. All because of trades and injuries, right? The business of the game. Not because of the fact that he couldn't hoop and he didn't put up the points because he did. The business of the game got in the way of it. And then injuries came along. And those two don't mix at all because the injuries is affecting the business. Coming up after the break, we'll talk Julio Jones winning a new deal in Atlanta. Darrell Rivas is retiring from the NFL. And lastly, one NFL pro bowler says he will continue his NFL protest this season. Find out who is from the jump. Dear James, when you were born, I nicknamed you Lucky. But luck has nothing to do with it. You've created your own path. The hours in our driveway paved the way to state championships. James Harden, how does it feel to be MVP? In the desert, you grew your game, and you shattered expectations. It wasn't long until you suited up for draft day. James Harden. Looking back now, you've always been creative. Doing it your way, on your terms. You were dreaming big then, but when you left me that note, keep this paper, I'ma be a star. You were already my brightest star. Step back three. James Harden. And now you're showing everyone else. A Miami Cuban with slow roasted pork loin. Slowly smoked brisket with smoky barbecue sauce. And a New York Reuben with kraut and corned beef. You could travel across the country to try these three legendary sandwiches, but apparently you can't bring your therapy peacock on a plane. So just come to Arby's. Arby's, we have the meat. Atlanta Falcons Pro Bowl wide receiver Julio Jones is set to not attend training camp after the Falcons decided to not give Julio Jones an extension on his deal. Julio Jones has not been at any of the team's offseason workouts and or mandatory NFL mini camps as he was seeking a raise with three years, $34.26 million left on his contract. Now he signed a five-year, $71 million extension back in August of 2014, which included $47 million guaranteed. Now he is due $10 million this year, which falls slightly under Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, Antonio Brown, and Jarvis Landry. He got three years left on his deal, so he has to let the Falcons know, okay, Though I have been producing on the field. Like, I want to let y'all know, like, I may need a little something extra just because I have been producing on the field. Like I said, the guy's been durable pretty much throughout his entire career. And he has the stats to back them up. If you if you have seen Julio Jones' stats, this guy right here is a Hall of Famer, man. And if you're the Falcons, you got to make sure you do everything. You got to keep your stars happy. That's just what time it is. And even if that means 
entertaining the entertaining the contract extension, even though you know at this point right now that's not the priority. You're probably gonna have to resign Jake Matthews. You're probably gonna have to sign one of them defensive linemen. So Julio potentially sitting out of training camp isn't anything new. He's already under a deal, so he is getting paid at this point. One of the NFL's greatest cornerbacks to ever play the game, Darrell Revis. Yes, Revis Island is now putting the foreclosure sign on Revis Island. It's time for good. Now, this comes after 11 seasons, Darrell Revis being 33 years old, winning one Super Bowl with the Patriots, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. You, The list goes on and on with the accolades. I really call him the NFL's LeBron James, his ability to hold out of contracts and to sign with different teams for the money that he was making as a football player. The NFL's businessman, pretty much showing you the model. What you got to start off, you got to show how good you are. Shut down every receiver you possibly can. Then you got to confirm that by winning the ring. When I look at Darrell Rivas, Hall of Famer for sure. First ballot for sure. Easily, if we was to say right now, 40 corners were to come in and out the league, would Darrell Rivas still be amongst the elite of those corners? Yes. Now, some of Darrell Rivas' notable shutdown games against some of the top receivers was Andre Johnson, where he limited Andre Johnson to just four catches for 35 yards. Randy Moss, who had 11 targets, was only limited to five catches, 34 yards, and one touchdown. Roddy White, four catches, 33 yards. The most infamous Chad Johnson game, where he locked Chad up for six targets, two catches, 28 yards. Reggie Wayne had five targets, three catches for 55 yards. I remember that second half, he was just like virtually irrelevant. And we go down the list of guys that he shut down, Steve Smith. Terrell Owens. I mean, these are some of the game's elite. Chad Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Roddy White. But speaking of another Hall of Famer who will be there soon, Antonio Brown is on the cover of Madden 19. Now here's what Antonio Brown had to say. Well, I was extremely excited, obviously, as a kid, grow up playing the NFL Madden game, competing against ourselves, competing against our friends. To look back then and to now to know I'm on the cover of the game is extremely excitement and uh, something I'm uh, extremely happy about. Well, this is huge for Antonio Brown. If y'all ain't seen the cover, AB with the yellow background, the teeth smiling and all that. This is huge, man. AB, what up? Call God. On today's wrap-up, NFL Pro Bowler Jarrell Casey has decided that he will continue his protest into the 2018 season. Now, ultimately, this comes after the NFL passing the new protest policy saying that players must stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem or remain in the locker room. Now, this ultimately puts a team, which includes a player who is kneeling and or, you know, protesting the national anthem at jeopardy of being fined. And then the team has the ability to find the players individually if they so please. More players will follow suit. Now that you have a guy who has publicly come out and said, I will be protesting this. I already knew there were going to be guys that were going to be on the field anyway protesting the flag because it's really like the pro is you're really not protesting it if you're in the locker room. You're not. There's no way you're protesting it if you're in the locker room. Again, I don't disagree with anybody staying in the locker room, but those that want to make the impact felt and want to make the impact heard and want to get seen will be on the sideline. Now, what will the owners do? Because again, y'all y'all made it to whereas, okay, if the players do kneel, they will get fined. But you know, a lot of these guys don't care about the money. So at what point do you cut it off? At what point would the NFL have to stop this thing? Because the way I'm looking at it now, there are going to be a lot of guys around the league that are going to be taking fines out the wazoo. I double salute Jarrell Casey and anybody standing on the front line or anybody that matter for protests in the league, not necessarily for the injustices, but ultimately for standing up for something in which you believe in. Because there are a lot of times in life, a lot of people don't necessarily get 
the platforms and opportunities to stand up for certain things. So given the fact that they have that ability, man, that's definitely a double salute. Follow your boy on Twitter at From The Jump. I follow everybody back. I know I've been gone for the past couple of days, but I definitely will make them up to you. So episodes pretty much from here going forward. There's going to be episodes this weekend. So y'all definitely want to stay tuned for that. NFL Sundays is coming. College football Saturdays. It's going to be cracking. It's your boy. We out.